Hey everyone, welcome to Mad Max Curios Emporium. It is time to start talking about Kitchen Witchin. While it isn't fall yet, school is back in session. We made it two weeks in before little ones started getting sniffly. Now, I am very fortunate to be part of a family with an excellent constitution. Little one is rarely ever sick. I don't tend to get sick in a things I catch kind of way. Um, and likewise, my partner is, well, won't admit when he even is sick. So that's neither here nor there. Despite this, we all know that being around a lot of people can increase your chances of catching something. Anybody who has worked in healthcare or childcare can attest to this. Children who are starting daycare for the first time tend to be sick nonstop, sometimes up to the first year. It is a big adjustment for young immune systems and likewise it's one of the reasons when you work in healthcare it is vital healthcare childcare anytime you're possibly interacting with people who may have a compromised immune system or a weakened immune system it is vital that you are taking good care of yourself i mean you should be doing that for yourself anyway but if that is not enough motivation do it for the people you are around make sure that you are up to date on your vaccinations, make sure that you are washing your hands, make sure you are sneezing and coughing vampire style or towards the floor is ideal. All of these basic things and I tend to bring it up again this time of year, it becomes more relevant. One of the reasons people tend to get more sick around this time of year is again, this, at least here in, in the States, like school has started back. So all of these kids are being crammed into these buildings together. You've got a lot of little hands touching a lot of things. Children are natural explorers, so they are going to be investigating the dirt and grime for the precious little bit of time that they are allowed recess. You've got children walking all over the place getting God knows what on the bottom of their shoes and then tracking that inside of your home, um, touching doorknob after doorknob after doorknob with no idea who the last 15 people were that touched that doorknob and what the condition of their hands were, but usually a good bet that the hands had not been washed in the last 30 minutes and a lot can happen in that time. Have I made anyone feel a bit grossed out yet i am so sorry if i have that was not my intention but i am trying to paint a picture of while we need to be mindful of our health all of the time we are hitting a point where there is a an increase in sinus infections and just general um malaise and it has hit our house little one now has that adorable raspy voice and it is awful of me to think it's adorable but it kind of is it's just also unfortunate and what i do as as a parent and as a witch i get to kitchen witchin i have talked about these things previously i believe in uh, kitchen witchin fall y'all which was more scripted this is off script and i'm just doing a quick 
review of two things specifically and then whatever else I tangently get onto, but two things that I've done just as an additional aid to modern medicine. Now remember, I am not a doctor. That said, please remember that your food can be your medicine. That said, please remember that you need to see a doctor when you are seeing those high fevers, when you are seeing um, prolonged ailments. Like, I trust you to know yourself and know your child. Please take time to see a doctor when it is something that is contagious, something that is resulting in a high fever. High fevers can be deadly. And we are currently in a situation where all illnesses are going to need to be very carefully monitored. And I will get into that on a later episode. But there are things you can do at home. There are things you can do as preventatives. And I talked just briefly about some of the preventatives, but hit that hand washing. If you are in a situation where you can start creating that habit of having your shoes taken off at the door, have a little area where everybody can dump their shoes and then wear, have like some inside shoes like flip-flops, that's great. That's something that we've been trying to work on in our home. That's a great option. Change your air filters. Go ahead and switch them over now. When's the last time you did it? Bet it's been a while. Wash your linens. That's something that we've done. You know, if you have pets, you know the hair gets everywhere unless you have a hairless pet, in which case, please send me a picture. Those are such incredible creatures. If you hear a little creaking in the background, um, one of my one of my dear sweet cats thinks that they're going to go outside and they are sadly mistaken at this time. So those are a lot of great basic things you can be doing. Don't over sanitize mild exposure to day-to-day -day, like germs can be okay it can it can be fortifying but we also know that bacteria viruses they have the ability to evolve we we know this to be an absolute fact and so we have to be careful about what we are exposed to it is no longer a let them go out and eat dirt God only knows what's in the soil anymore. And then we get to the diet. Drinking plenty of water, that's a given. I mean, I assume most people are aware that that is an important thing they should be doing. Now, whether or not they do it is another story. You, if you've listened to this, you know that I love my tea. And teas are a great way to get in front of certain issues if you take time to look for good quality teas or ingredients. I love Mountain Rose Herbs. They are a great resource. I get, a, I made a big order with them and I know that it will last me for a while. I've got everything sealed up. I am, they are a great resource. I like traditional medicinals. If you are looking for pre-made teas and they have great like soothing and healing tea lines, things for sore throats and things for colds and helping you to sleep at night. So if you want something prefab 
you can get that and you can add your witchiness to it after the fact. And to me, herb crafting is part of witchcraft. Anything that you are creating, you are automatically putting a part of yourself into it. And what do we know about magic? It is, you know, it is using our power, using our will to manifest a desired outcome. And that comes from even basic like kinetic activity. Doing a purification salt sweep on your floors is also a very great option. One of the things that I have read and therefore it is in my mind and how I choose to do it with a salt sweep is a sort of an idea of don't get greedy. Don't add herbs for all purpose doing everything. Like if you want to do a salt sweep just to create a calming environment, you use your salt, you use your lavender for example. You mix it, imbue it with your intent, sprinkle it on the floor and do your sweeping, great. If you need to do it to clear out an ailment, um, I feel like I would probably use cinnamon for that, but I also would use cinnamon for a lot of things. What herbs say health to you? What herbs feel like nourishment and bringing you back to good health? For me, cinnamon would be a big factor. I will never waste elderberry. Because I could say like, well, obviously elderberry is like the go-to ultimate make you feel better, but like I'm not going to put my elderberry on a floor. Sorry, not going to happen. Um, but then you sweep it up. But don't do a, I want the home to be calm and us to feel better and I want to draw some money and I want to do a, a ward against negative energy and like add all of those herbs and do a salt sweep. The idea is that you are doing a very singular and intentional work. So when you're cleaning your house, especially if you are trying to clean it to cut down on ailments, figure out what your angle is and try to keep it to that singular purpose. Do it when you wash your windows, do it when you do a floor wash, washing your doorknobs, all of these things. I mean, one, it's you know, it's housekeeping, which I find to be kind of relaxing anyway. But two, you are also doing something that can give that logical part of your mind a, a, a bone to chew on and be like, okay, this is a very definitive thing that I know for a fact is, is going to clean. Like try to put down the Lysol and make your own spray. You get me? So keep in mind that those are some things you can do. And then of course, I'm like, get you to the cabinet and start doing your, start doing your cook, cooking. We've talked about the tea, add your honey, um, which is always, I mean, honey can also be added to mixes. And if you make it thick enough, then you've got basically a cough syrup. So I've got two things going right now. Yesterday I made homemade chicken noodle soup. I got a rotisserie chicken, um, broke it down. I save bones. Um, I do not add, I would say keep your chicken bones in, together, pop them in the freezer, keep your beef bones together, pop them in the freezer and your pork bones, but keep them all separate because specifically chicken is such a, um, a more delicate flavor. It has its own distinct flavor, or at least it should if you cook it right, but beef will overpower it every time. Like there is a very distinct beefiness in any beef cartilage and beef bone that is going to, if you're making bone broth 
and you mix the two together, you are not going to get a blend of chicken and beef. You are going to get beef. Just keep that in mind. If that is fine with you, then go for it. For me, I, I was raised on chicken, like the bone broth and all of that feeling very nourishing. Well, I can't have conventional chicken noodle soup and besides the canned stuff is not gonna do the same thing for you anyway. So, bought a rotisserie chicken, broke it down, added the carcass as well as some other bones I already had. I roasted um, a batch of chicken feet and hear me out, chicken feet, duck feet, any of the poultry, they're gonna play nice together. They are very high in that cartilage, in that connective tissue, in that collagen that is going to break down and give the bone broth some of the, the additional benefits. One of the things that makes bone broth such liquid gold for so many people is that as you are cooking those bones, it is drawing the minerals out of the bones. It is making them, what is the word, bioavailable, making it so that your body can not just sort of digest and process, but actually use the minerals. It's kind of that thing of if you just pop a multivitamin every day, um, certain vitamins are water soluble, some are fat soluble, some require you to take it on an empty stomach. So if you're combining them all together, you're peeing out most of the vitamins and minerals. When you get it in your food, specifically when you get it paired with the things that are gonna help break it down, whether again, it's that water soluble, fat soluble um, vitamin or mineral, then your body, it makes the vitamin or mineral available for your body to actually be able to incorporate it and to use it. And collagen is very important. Um, when you're ill, it's not just a beauty treatment. It is actually very good for your gut health. And when you're starting to get sick, it may not be instantly a tummy ache, but you get a sinus infection, honey, you're gonna have that post-nasal drip. You're gonna get that sore throat that comes from that post-nasal drip. You've got infected mucus sliding down the back of your throat and going right into your stomach. And probably just hearing it is, is making some people feel off and feel queasy, and I'm sorry for that. But it is going to be super important that you keep the flora and fauna balance, your, your gut healthy. You need that healthy bacteria. You need it to be strong. You don't want whatever, because infections are, can either be bacterial or viral. So it's either a bad bacteria or a bad virus. All viruses so far have been bad. We know that there are good bacteria. I don't think we found anything that we consider a good virus. You're going to want really healthy, very robust, like good bacteria in your gut. Otherwise that sore stomach is going to turn into something a lot more intense and it's going to hinder your ability to properly digest the food that your body needs to heal itself. So right there, bone broth is, is a huge um, aid in the healing process. So I get the bone broth going. I dice, and keep in mind, there is a difference between chopping and slicing and dicing. Dicing is getting it down to the smaller bits. Dice up some carrots, celery, and onion. It's just a classic blend, if we're being honest. Strain some of the bone broth, and for me, I use my Instapot 
I'm lucky I have some fun kitchen tools so I'm able to use my you know I'm throwing in the roasted chicken feet and all that and I set my instapot for four hours and in four hours I have got absolutely fantastic bone broth it is going to be rich because I've taken time to roast some of the bones again and you want to roast them slow but it's going to give additional flavor and I do not flavor my bone broth beyond literally just whatever seasoning might have gotten onto the bone and some of the connective tissue um, when I cook the chicken initially or if I buy a rotisserie chicken and the reason for that is so that the bone broth is then profoundly customizable um, it is also something if you have sick pets if your pets are not doing well a little bit of bone broth to wet their food is a tremendous help likewise um, bone marrow if you roast marrow bones of like bovine specifically roast it in the oven and give them a little of the marrow that can help them so much if they are if they're fighting off a sickness themselves because they get sick just like we do they can get sick too and animals should not have any of the alum like onion or garlic and that's why I don't I just don't bother putting any of that into my bone broth is so not just so that I can customize the flavor for my family but also so I can feel fairly comfortable giving it to my pets now the thing is all of that collagen and all of that if I let the bone broth cool down completely I get um, not not to be gross but if I let it cool down completely like in the fridge it will just be a tub of jello because that's where I mean that's what, where gelatin comes from it comes from the broken down like collagen of things like hooves and skin connective tissue that that is pulled out of the bone so do not be alarmed if you put your bone broth in the refrigerator to chill and then you pull it out and you no longer have a liquid you've got like jello jigglers that's that's what that is it freezes great too just make sure that you label and date it and I would recommend um, dividing it up into like appropriate serving sizes so that it can cool down faster which is always better for both like the food itself and all the food that's in your refrigerator because if you put something really hot in the refrigerator all of the food around it can get raised the temperature can raise up right to that spoilage zone depending on what you keep in there and the last thing you want when you're trying to do all this healthy stuff is to give give yourself food poisoning so we've got the bone broth we've got our base um, oh add a splash of vinegar apple cider vinegar I use Bragg's use a splash of apple cider vinegar when you're making your bone broth when you're initially like splash it in it that vinegar is going to help break down and make it easier for the minerals to get leached out of the bone and into the broth there's so but you can't taste it like you literally just tip it over add a glug you're done if you do not have an instapot like I do where I can set it and forget it for four hours um, stovetop I recommend simmering chicken bones for a good eight hours about eight hours um, 12 hours you want to simmer you don't want to like fiercely boil them like boil it to death because that can you can actually break down um, the collagen it's still it's still gonna be good it's just I don't know for me I actually like seeing that setup process where I'm like oh good it's jiggly in the fridge I know it's it's good stuff 
So maybe, maybe that's just my own personal preference there. So you have the broth, you've added your basic veggies and carrots, celery and onion to me, that's, that's a classic flavor combination. Onion is important in my book because onion is one of those nice, um, potent like medicines that is also your food. Salt it to your heart's content. I mean, be reasonable. Know, know your know your preference or your health needs. I am not your doctor. If you have high blood pressure, ease up on the salt a bit. And you're going to simmer that because when you're feeling sick, at least for me, I do not want, like I want my soup to be pretty gentle. Like I wanna be able to bite through those carrots and then be fairly soft. Otherwise I don't like them like that. But I want my celery and my carrots, first of all, I want them diced up in bits, and second of all, I want them very soft. Now, I cannot have gluten, so I make gluten-free noodles just using all-purpose gluten-free flour. Um, if you're noticing, I'm not giving exact measurements because I don't measure things exactly, which is probably why I'm terrible at baking, probably. <laughs> so, but for the, for the uh, noodles, I eyeball out um, if I were to guess, I would say it's probably about two cups of flour. I flavor up the noodles. I do, I mean, not extreme, but I want some flavor in my noodles. So I'm adding, um, I'm adding some herbs like Italian seasoning style. Like it's going to have some oregano, majorum and basil, not too much, but it's going to have that in there. I'm going to, if I have, um, a little bit of saved, like scooped off and saved like chicken fat. I'm gonna be adding chicken fat to it. One egg, um, salt, paprika, maybe a little turmeric. Um, and you can sort of taste before you add the egg. I am not somebody who can comfortably eat like raw cookie dough, for example, but I know people who are, I'm just not one of them, but I will taste the dry powder to see what the seasoning level is. Um, I like to add just like literally a pinch of baking powder. I don't know why. I don't know if it does anything. In my brain, it's like, this is right. <laughs> you think I'd look it up before I record an episode? You'd be wrong if you think that and you clearly haven't listened to me talk before. So mix all of that together and I will add, I've got, you know, over here, the, uh, the broth simmering with the veggies in it. Notice I say veggies, I haven't added the chicken yet, the chicken back in. I'm scooping off some of the broth, I'm like straining it so it's just the broth and letting it be cool and adding it bit by bit after I've mixed it up already and it's gonna be nice and crumbly. And then you're adding the broth until it eventually becomes dough. Put it in the fridge to like to rest it is a lot easier to work with. It also allows the flavors to all settle in together. Um, and I prefer that, like I can very much notice a difference in taste when I let dough rest, whether it's cookie dough or dough that I'm using to make like these noodles or dumplings. So I let it rest for a bit and while it's resting, I'm dicing up the chicken. Notice I said the word dice again. I'm not chopping, I am dicing. I am making itty bitty chicken bits to add. So I've got that soup going the vegetables are fairly cooked through like their flavor is in the broth 
and taste it. Like if you're sick, be reasonable. Use a spoon, put that spoon in the sink or dishwasher, do not reuse it. Use some sense here, but taste along the way. One of the things I learned is you always want your base to start off very flavorful. Like if you're making pasta, make that water taste good, taste like something, and your pasta is gonna taste a lot better. So a little something to keep in mind. By the time you are done dicing and adding the chicken back in, and I would turn it to about a low simmer now because you don't want to cook. You can cook chicken. You can literally boil chicken dry. Like you can boil chicken to the point where you have the meat is overcooked and it gets tough and dry even though you've been boiling it. So don't do that. It is not a pleasant texture in your mouth, I promise. No matter how small you cut it up, you will notice. So turn it on low, let it be simmering. Get out your dough. I like to break it up into fairly small, like maybe golf, golf ball size balls. And roll it into a nice little circle, stick it on. Like I put it right back on the, um, the same cutting board that I've been using because I, I haven't used anything like it's just been for veggies and cooked chicken so clean cutting board no problem roll it out you don't have to have a rolling pin you can use a jar if you're listening to this and you're a witch you have a jar use a jar roll it out and then cut it into thin slices I like I mean think about the size of noodles from like Campbell's chicken noodle soup you know that's kind of what I aim for and I just go to town like I get a good like batch of slices and I'll slowly like just it's kind of fun and meditative I don't know how to explain it and through this whole process like pay attention to what you're doing but also be thinking of your intent this is where the the more mystical side of our craft comes in there's a very a very real practical side to witchcraft and we all engage in that side, but this is where you're doing that additional step in your craft, where you are mindful of the benefits and the intent you have for everything going into that pot. And I like to, you know, be thinking of that as I'm putting the noodles in. You've got a batch going, repeat the process of golf ball size, roll, um, flatten out and slice thin and you just keep doing it crank it up a little bit make sure you're keeping you're going to be above a simmer now but below a like roiling like boil is that the word rolling boil or roiling boil not sure so above a simmer below that point you're gonna have it just active the surface is going to be active and you will see the noodles expand so again Keep in mind the size of the noodles you get from like Campbell's chicken noodle soup, for example. And if you cut your noodles to that size, they will be bigger than that, but not excessively so. They do expand somewhat. They cook fast. The, the thinner you cut your noodles, the faster they cook. Um, you will be able to tell when they are done based on the texture because these noodles will still give you that nice al dente texture, which I, one of the things I really like about how far we've come in terms of things like the gluten-free flour 
is that while the gluten is initially what would give or continues to give a lot of our breads, our pastas, like that chewy texture, and we are finally getting to a point where it's been fairly well replicated. So look for, it shouldn't be grainy. It'll be a nice, like chewy, somewhat dense texture, and then you're done. I don't know how well it freezes. I have not tried that yet. I have my cats coming and visiting me as I'm doing this. Hello, please keep walking. Yes, Pounce, you're adorable. So I would say it probably freezes just fine. We did not have enough to find that out. This wound up going, um, going off very well with the young one who has is not picky but does definitely have a discerning palate and I think that this was a well-received young one loves chick like Campbell's chicken noodle soup loves it so the fact that this was accepted as a substitute because I felt very strongly like hey we, we we need this to be healthy the fact that it was well received um I count that as a victory so obviously that I'm just rattling off a basic recipe. I know it works. Like I've used that base for tons of different things. Usually like you can do chicken and dumplings, you can do rice, you can add tons more vegetables and make it like an Italian style. If you wanna add a bit of tomato, maybe some uh, zucchini, it's, a, it's good, it works. And it is something that is easy to eat and is fortifying when you are not feeling well. Now I'm gonna take a quick break and when I get back, I will talk about the second thing in my arsenal. All right, and I am back. So I feel like I've probably given that recipe before. I know I give it to people all of the time. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. I am happy to give Kitchen Witchin advice. I know I didn't do a deep dive into the more mystical aspects, but part of that is because as witches, so much of what we do is everyday, seemingly mundane things, like sweeping our floor. It's the little touches, the awareness, and the intent that make it witchcraft. And so many people are witches and just not aware of it. And we have the advantage of doing it with, with a sense of purpose and knowing. Like we know that there's a bit more behind what we're doing versus some people who just do it idly and that's fine too. All right, the other thing that I use, I mentioned it earlier, elderberry. And you can use elderberry in a couple of different ways. If you actually have elderberry um, trees, they're, they're actually giant, giant bushes, but if you have those on your property, I envy you. I hope you are picking those berries. They can be frozen and they can be dried. I have never had fresh elderberry. I've only ever been able to use dried ones and I've only ever used dried ones to then basically do like a, um, decoction to make syrups and juices and elderberry like medicinal malt wine those have been my uses but I 
have found them to be tried and true is the best way I can say it. I love that elderberry is becoming more popular because I'm all for awareness of ways that we can help ourselves and be our own best advocates for our, for our health. Elderberry is becoming more popular in, I think traditional medicinals even carries like an elderberry echinacea tea. Echinacea, I'm, I use it. I have like an echinacea tincture, but that's pretty much the only way I use it. I might grab the tea. Echinacea is, it's hit or miss for me in its efficacy. For some people it works really well and I will always say, try it. If you are not allergic to it, and if your doctor hasn't told you to avoid it, try it. it. It is a commonly used remedy or preventative for a reason. I just, I don't know. I don't know why it doesn't seem to be quite, if I use it as a tincture, it tends to be pretty good. And I use it in a blend. I tend to blend a lot of things together. I like to make multi-purpose like tinctures. I literally have a tincture I call the kitchen sink tincture. <laughs> and I will I will save you the guessing and just tell you it is all the plants ever marinated forever in vodka and then, you know, strained and it is potent and a little drop will do you, but it will knock stuff out. I use it very sparingly as a result and it does not taste good but it works I say every herb I make sure that things are not going to have a bad interaction with each other when you are working I mean with anything that's the trick when you're working with anything you meet you need to make sure it plays nicely together whether based on taste or if you have this with this you will get sick like never drink beer and then have milk as a chaser it will literally curdle in your stomach I don't know anybody who would do that but that's a more mundane example that I can think of anyway talking about elderberry so I mentioned having the instapot that I use for my bone broth for this I today put something together and I'm using my electric cauldron also known as the slow cooker Oh no, my little foam mic cover fell off. Oh, we'll see what happens. Sorry if I suddenly got louder, whoops. Okay, so for this, I use cinnamon and a lot of things. This is no exception. I crushed up about, and by crush, I mean like with my hand, broke up about six cinnamon sticks. I, with my hand, crushed up about eight, um, star anise, a fistful of fennel seed, a fistful of black peppercorn, let's see, ditto like maybe two fistfuls of cardamom. I'm trying to think off, I'm literally going off the top of my head. Oh, um, about wee, half a fist size, um, of ginger root fresh that I sliced up, a, I would say about a thumb size of dried uh, turmeric. I had to find the word. I was like, it's not tarragon, uh, turmeric. And 
I think that was everything and then finished it off with about two cups worth of dried elderberry all dumped in and then added water up to the crock pot being filled and I have one of the larger ones not the mega size maybe it is the biggest size I actually don't typically shop around looking at um, the size of slow cookers but I know for sure it's not one of the smaller ones I can't remember it's a couple quarts worth so top it off with water and then I set it to high just to get that temperature up for the initial like extraction and then set it to low and I'm just gonna let that go until my house smells really good oh allspice it had it had some allspice it is a lot of your basic like fall but also kind of some what you would think of as like some Indian spices and these are all spices that tend to be good for circulation they are a word I'm going to totally mess up demucilogens oh I think I did it so and decongestants so what they do these are things that have some heat behind them a lot of the spices I named have like a good heat that is going to that heat is going to help with your circulation which is really important and something to remember your blood it is part of your circulatory system your lymph system is not circulatory it literally requires your movement and it is the system that helps when you are dealing with an infection so while a lot of these um, are good for your circulation your circulatory system you've got to get a little bit of movement just nothing harsh but a little bit of movement as you're getting sick because it's going to help move that lymph because you hear about swollen lymph nodes like in your neck and under your armpits and in the groin region um, and they will get swollen when you have a bad infection and one of the ways to combat that is to be like gentle movement even though you're sick and drinking lots of like getting a lot of liquids in you not just plain water to the point where you are throwing off like your your homeostasis your internal brine because remember our organs have to set in a nice like perfectly like balanced brine so you don't want to drink too much water but the odds of you drinking too much water are exceedingly rare um, most people do not stay adequately hydrated this will help with that so this is going to help your circulation this is going to help with inflammation if you are someone like me when I am sick uh, I tend my joints tend to act up that's one of the big ones so this is an anti-inflammatory and a demucilogen is something it means it is cutting down on mucus production and we know when we're congested what are we we're stopped up we've got mucus just packed in our sinuses it's what gives us the horrible like when we get those sinus headaches it contributes to that sore throat from post nasal drip and that mucus it is a it is a response to the infection but in the process of staying like packed in our sinuses it gets infected it becomes disgusting and makes us sick so it helps 
clear that out. It helps loosen it so that if we need to be coughing it up, we are coughing it up. And you can customize this particular blend. Like I just named a bunch of different spices, but you can customize it. So if you need to add um, marshmallow root or slippery elm to help like with your throat and things like that, you can. Like you can customize this. Notice I didn't say any echinacea though. I didn't add echinacea root. I didn't add anything like that. Um, and the elderberry is a great fortifier. The elderberry helps fight off, importantly, like it can help with like bacterial infections. It helps with viral infections. Um, antiviral medication is, is very, very difficult because viruses are able to <laughs> improvise and adapt and overcome just about anything we throw at them. That's why it is extremely important when you are ill that you are not taking an antibacterial for a viral infection. It will not do anything. Um, at best, it will not do anything. At worst, it will somehow enable the virus to further like advance, become more powerful. It isn't even its final form. It's why the flu is so vicious. The flu is a virus. The only way antibacterials are, like we can take an antibiotic that will effectively like kill off the bacteria. The problem with an antibiotic is it is very hard to target one particular bacteria so it will kill off all kinds of bacteria including what we need in our gut. And that's why sometimes you have to then consume yogurt and probiotics to, to help like replenish that flora. An antiviral, those are very difficult to, to synthesize, to create. So instead, vaccines are important because vaccines essentially train our body in how to effectively kill and combat a viral infection. So elderberry helps give our body the resources it needs. The, you know, it is a good boost, I, I would, think off the top of my head, I'm going to say for our white blood cells, those tend to be like the, the, the military of our body when fighting like foreign invaders that are coming in and making us sick. That's why one of the things they look for is white blood cell count. A high, high white blood cell count means your body is trying to fight something off. It has switched to like increasing production of white blood cells. Um, especially in the case of viral infections, which again, we don't have many medications um, to treat viral infections. That's why it's important to get a vaccine ahead of time for anything we think we can. The flu vaccine uh, is hit or miss only because we are trying to predict ahead of time what kind of flu virus. There are so many. There are so many different flu viruses and because they can continue to mutate, especially because the flu can be transmitted, different strands can be transmitted between humans and other creatures and, and mutate in that, in that exchange or mutate even from um, environment to environment, zone to zone. It's, it's a beast. So get your vaccine because ideally they try to inoculate, they try to vaccinate against the most likely and the most likely one to be the most devastating to the population. Like we don't 
fully understand I think sometimes as humans how often we are teetering on on the edge of like another epidemic it is well we have had many epidemics but another like pandemic maybe is the word I'm just saying look up the Spanish influenza like do yourself the favor it is it is just a quick wiki search I'll allow it you know I'm not your teacher so I'll allow it oh my gosh one of my cats just came up and like tapped my shoulder and it completely felt like a person <laughs> tapping me on the shoulder and I was like who is in my house with me <laughs> oh that was terrifying yes Hermione thank you I really needed that that's great thanks so much I guess maybe that was like my sign to get back on topic. This is on topic though. Check out the Spanish influenza. Educate yourself. History will repeat itself if we are not duly educated. So all of this is gonna simmer. Getting back to my electric cauldron. Got the lid on, it's all simmering down. When it is done, I have not added anything to sweeten it. I can, I won't, and this is why. I'm going to cool it, I'm going to put it in ice cube trays and freeze it, and what I then will have is little frozen like instant medicinal teas. I can mix it with other teas that have the properties I need, but this is a good foundational when you are sick, like this is a good boost when you are trying to not get sick from the flu or are in once you are in the process of fighting the flu, you will want to increase your intake of, of something like this. Okay, you keep wanting on my shoulder, but you are not a parrot. You are a cat. Understand your place in this world. Um, so I will freeze them and bag them and have them, and I will drop one in a cup, pour hot water over it, and then sweeten to taste, add additional herbs like mix it with another tea if need be another thing you can do with it and i might do this too i don't know yet i think i think not with this batch i think this is just gonna mm. i think this is just going to be straight to the freezer but another thing you can do is make a cough syrup by adding just forever amounts of honey and thickening it and you can like move it over to the stove like put it in a saucepan start adding honey especially if it's your local honey that tends to be more ideal because the bees are gathering um or the honey is made from what the bees have gathered in your area so it's helping you build up immunity if you have allergy issues and it will thicken 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 and then you have what is effectively like a cough syrup i like to add honey to sweeten it, lemon to give it a little zip zap, and then add, um, you can buy like powdered gelatin basically, like collagen, powdered uh, beef gelatin, which is flavorless and can be added to anything to thicken it. Add it while it's hot, mix it really well, and when it cools, it will have a more jelly-like substance. It will not have a beef flavor, cross my heart. Like, I cannot fathom how much you would have to add to have even the, the faintest hint of a beef flavor. I think you would just have to literally start chewing the dried powder to, 
to derive any kind of like beefy essence. So I prom promise you're not going to wind up with like beefy elderberry anything, but it'll turn it into a more jelly-like substance. So you can just like glop a spoonful down or likewise you can scoop, add some to a cup, a mug, add your hot water and instant tea. And that collagen, that gelatin, just as I was saying with the um, chicken noodle soup, it is a fortifier. It helps when you have a gross stomach. It is something that is going to give you those extra minerals that your body needs, that your body might be struggling um, even to use, like taking a multivitamin when you're sick. If your body doesn't already have some good like foundational, I don't know how to say this, if it's not already nourished to a certain extent, it cannot access and, and utilize the vitamins and minerals in a multivitamin. Something to keep in mind when you are trying to combat um, any kind of ailment. So I know I tangented, but you should expect that from me by now. Um, but those are the two things. So I, I don't know what I call the elderberry concoction other than that's just it. It's an elderberry concoction. It is tried and true for years now. I've always been really happy with it, happy with how well it it stands up to the the various ailments that have come through our community it's and it's going to be put through its paces again this year it will be ready so when little one's home uh we'll we'll begin dosing with it you can also because it is it has such a spice flavor keep that in mind if it needs to be tamed down for your children it is a great additive if you want to add lemon and honey or make lemon honey um, and you can make frozen lemon honey cubes that's another great thing to have uh, just already reserved because it is a classic flavor that most people really enjoy and it absolutely makes certain medicinal things a lot more palatable and I say that because Another tea that you should be ready to make as the season starts getting iffy. Um, a combination, uh, sage blackberry is a good one, but dried sage, thyme, and rosemary. Not saying it tastes good. Don't, I don't mind it because I like that more herbal taste. Rosemary has that strong, um, a bit of a, a pine hit to it. It's it, it has a very potent oil, that's why. But that is a good, when you are coughing and stuffy, that is a, those three together are a great, great combination. I have made each one individually as a tincture when I need it to work fast. Otherwise, I will use all three as a loose tea and then I can drop in some elderberry and that that helps tame the the herbiness because all three of these are savory herbs and our more western palates really struggle with um savory beverages that is not something uh, most westerners really really struggle with any kind of savory beverage it is extremely common in other places and i for one love savory beverages so it doesn't bother me um but like we cannot most of the time handle 
that it, it is off-putting. I mean, we add tons of sugar to our tea. You know, we drink our sodas. Our coffees are um, syrup a lot of times. And this is, I'm not, it's okay. If that is what you like, that is fine. I am, I am allowing you to continue to embrace what is comfortable for you by telling you, hey, this would otherwise be almost like a savory tea. How to tame your, your sage, rosemary, thyme tea is to add a cube of that elderberry, a little bit of lemon and honey, and you have a fantastic like flu fighter. At the very least, it is going to make the symptoms more manageable. And the process of drinking tea, it's a lot easier than drinking water. It is going to be more nourishing than drinking water. And that's, you know, I'm making with the big words when I say that, but it is. And I always hit a point where I'm like, man, how much magic did I talk about? Not a whole lot, but that's the thing. I came into this through the craft, like learning herb craft as part of witchcraft. I absolutely do witchy stuff while I am cooking, but for me, when I am in the kitchen, being a kitchen witch, like the act of cooking is my magic. It does not require a lot of incantations. I totally do incantations though. I absolutely like when you're stirring it and you're stirring it clockwise, which is desil. I don't know, I've only ever read it, never heard it out loud. You are thinking of the things that you are drawing in. You know, you are thinking of the benefits that you are drawing in to the mix. When you are stirring something and you are stirring it widdershins, which is counterclockwise, it is the things that you are going, that the, the potion, the tincture, the tea, is going to be drawing out of the person, banishing, casting away from the person. So that would be like the ailment itself. You know, you are banishing the illness. You are banish, banishing the virus, the bacteria, um, be specific in, in what you visualize. When I'm cooking, I'm visualizing the properties that are inherent in the ingredients, the, the fire of the sun, earth's soil, water's rain, their fragrance, or even just that each plant that grew up outside was kissed by air's breeze. You know, you're thinking about all of those properties and how in consuming them, we are consuming a physical representation of the elements. And we are nurturing the elements within ourselves from the elements from without. All of these are things you meditate on them. And I feel strongly that that intent and that awareness informs the, the properties of what you make. It's it's that concept of it's made with love. I really feel like, you know, you can have two different people make the same cookie recipe and both batches turn out differently depending on how that person feels about you. Maybe that sounds crazy, but I feel like it's true. I feel like we can really tell when something is made with love. So taking it, not even a step further, taking it to its like, unstated conclusion perhaps is that when you are making something with intent it's not just going to be made with love it's made with magic so I will see how my my curatives 
continue to help my family. Let me know how they help yours. Let me know if you try these things and they work for you. They don't. Do you do things a little bit differently? Are you not a fan of elderberry? If so, how? I love it. I cannot fathom it unless maybe you're allergic. That's totally like, yeah, I totally get that. So that will conclude today's episode of Kitchen Witchin. School's back, so it's time to time to be on the attack. Remember guys, you can hit me up um, on my Facebook page. It's Mad Max Curious Emporium, or you can type in, what is it, facebook.com slash madmagthewitch. I'm on Instagram. If you have not listened to the last episode, it's an interview with Lottie from the Sacred Cocoon. Please check it out. It was so much fun. I talked way too much because I'm used to doing this by myself. And I promise I'm going to, um, the next time I'm going to be, we're going to be listening to her talk a lot more because she has so much to offer. And I just, I was still a bit too much maybe in like, oh, you know, I'm used to being a one witch show and it showed and that's okay check out that episode check out her episodes at the sacred cocoon you can find her on anchor.fm or you can download the anchor app this is going to be put up on the anchor app as well so you can find me on instagram she's on instagram as well and i think that's going to do it so everyone remember find your balance be your best self and take no shit. Hey everyone, Mad Mag here. I wanted to do a quick uh, post episode recording. I got a phone call to come pick up little one not long after I was actually had been in the process of like re-listening for editing purposes to the episode. Um, Picked up little one, no fever, but tremendously sore throat that Filtrum, like above the lip, below the nose area, is completely just broken out red. So I'm going to be putting some homemade salve on it. I've got a little one soaking in the tub right now with some Epsom salt, a splash of apple cider vinegar that helps with some of the muscle aches, and just a bit of essential oils in an almond carrier oil. Very, very little though because I don't want there to be any reaction to the skin. You've got to be very careful when you work with essential oils and understand what they are going to be doing. In this case it was eucalyptus to help clear up her breathing passages. I fortunately still had a single elderberry cube still in the freezer from the last batch I made so I made her some tea. I used the Breathe Easy blend from Traditional Medicinals and after it's steeped added the elderberry cube, added honey, added some lemon and added just a little splash of my kitchen sink tincture and brought into her so that she will be able to be sipping on that tea while she soaks in the tub and we are doing all of this to try to get ahead of what could be percolating because this hit fast and hard. So hopefully we do still have a chance to cut it off before it goes any further. We will be gauging based on how she does tonight and tomorrow. She's, 
you wouldn't know by like her activity and demeanor that she's feeling sick still very cheery still in just a good mood great disposition but that doesn't mean that there isn't you know an illness there that needs to be treated so the big thing we'll be watching for is a fever um, because that will tell us that her body is in a situation where it is needing to to really put up a hard fight and try to cook out the the illness and at that point I mean there are other indicators like if she is coughing through the night things like that but most certainly if a fee if there is a fever or fever spike she'll be going to the doctor that simple because while I am all about home remedies and curatives and letting your food be your medicine there is no sense in in letting something go on longer than it need to and letting your children be ill it serves no purpose all it does is allows them to be sick long enough to infect other people so we'll see how it goes but I just thought huh well this was more timely than I realized so remember guys keep your eyes open watch your kids um, I'll be doing an episode later on uh, regarding why we need to be even more vigilant right now about illnesses and some things regarding that specific issue and what we can do as witches to try to mitigate the situation for everyone involved. All right, thanks for listening. Bye.